are listening to the Connections Through Creativity podcast. Here, we dive in deep into personal growth, creativity, inclusion, education, mental health, entrepreneurship, connection, community, and how we can make a positive impact. I'm your host, Rebecca Jane, founder of Rebecca Jane Art, a community director creating and helping others create radical change in their community with a love of living a creative life through joy, growth, and making a positive impact in the world. Art is the catalyst for creating connections. Everyone is an artist and everyone deserves a safe place to feel and be creative, included and heard. When we create connections through creativity, we are opening an inclusive environment to improve mental health, education, creativity in our community. If you would like to become a certified Rebecca Jane Art Inclusive Community Art Instructor to make a radical impact in your community, please visit RebeccaJaneArt.ca. Are you ready? Let's get creative. Hello and welcome to another episode of Connections Through Creativity. So today we are here for a special two-part episode. If you haven't already caught the first episode, then head over to Choose Inclusion Podcast with Mike, Yubi, and Nina. They have, it's a crossover episode, so they posted or hosted um, the part one, and then on Connections Through Creativity here, we've hosted part two. So today, right now, this episode is the part two. So if you haven't already listened to part one, go ahead and do that. Hit pause, go listen, and then come on back. So you can find Choose Inclusion Podcast with Mike, Yubi, and Nina on Spotify and iTunes, and then you can head back over here. All right, so let's get started. Hi, welcome to another episode of uh, Choose Inclusion. We're looking at Choose Inclusion. So I'm with Choose Inclusion uh, podcast. There's Nina, Yubi, and Mike. Uh, welcome. Hello. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Hello, for hello. Hi. Yeah, excited <laughs> to be here. Thank you. So I'm so excited that you guys are here. So this is actually part two of a crossover episode, which I'm, is so cool. Neither, neither of us have done this before. So if you haven't already listened, go back uh, to episode, or your guys' episode. Do you know what episode that would be? Um, it, it'll be the latest one. I think yeah. um, if, you, yeah, if you check out chooseinclusion.com, it'll be at the top of the playlist, I think. Yeah, and we'll have Rebecca's name on it. So yes. you'll be able to see it. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, so that will be uh, episode one or part one, and this is part two. So if you haven't already listened to part one, go back and listen, and then you can fill in the rest here. So um, welcome, friends. So I have, a, whenever I have guests join my podcast, I always have just a couple questions uh, to start it off, just to get to know you guys a little bit better. And so I decided to do it a little bit different this time because there's three of you. So I'll ask the questions and then whoever wants to answer can answer. So our first one is, what is your favorite quote? Did we decide on our quote? <laughs> Mike, this, this is, is all you. No, it's no. all you. Well, <laughs> I want to I hear the Sean Connery. I really do. No, it's not a good one. I'm not, and I'm not going to say that one, but I are, you know, <laughs> rip Sean Connery, of course. 
It's from The Rock. I'll just say that because people should know what that is. But <laughs> the other one I was I always think about is um, from from Braveheart. You know, when he at the end when he's like, um, every man dies, but not every man really lives. Like I just kind of love that. Like it always stuck with me because, um, yeah, you know, we're all here living a life, but how many of us really truly take that life and, and, and live it, you know, quote unquote, live it. So that's my quote. Love it. And, and I'm, 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 and I, and just because it's, so I am the token blind person for your listeners, Rebecca on the choose inclusion podcast. And so mine is uh, walk, uh, what is it? Walk, <laughs> walk, walk quietly or walk uh, lightly and carry a big stick. But that's because I carry a walking stick because I'm blind. <laughs> so, um, so it's kind of fitting. So. Yes, that's great. <laughs> um, okay, so and then your favorite book, Nina, you had one? Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to say like what my favorite book is. It's always like whatever mood I'm in, but I was, yeah. you know, going through my my Goodreads account because I, I, I put in my review of every book I read onto Goodreads. Oh. And uh, this book was actually something that was written in 2015 by Deepa Iyer. And it's called We Too Sing America, South Asian, Arab, Muslim, and Sikh Immigrants Shape Our Multiracial Future. And it was just, it's a really good story because it talks about um, just kind of how we need to be redefining hate crimes to be Mm. considered domestic terrorism. Um, Kind of the experience of the South Asian, Arab, Muslim, uh, Sikh diaspora in the US post 9-11 and how there just needs to be um, intersectionality between you know, these groups and the black and Hispanic communities and and just kind of talking about a general discussion of race in America. Um, and so it's something that I remember when I read in 2015 really resonated with me. And, uh, you know, in the four year presidency that followed, mm-hmm. it, it just showed <laughs> that, I mean, you know, things could get worse and it did, but it also showed how even under, you know, President Obama, things were still really bad. And so um, this isn't new. Hatred isn't new. Um, Hate crimes aren't new. They've been around a long time. But the need for us to talk about intersectionality in everything we do when it comes to inclusion um, is just such an important message. Yeah. And I think that's just it. Like, it's not um, it's not new. This is it just our presidency (laughs) really showed us what or your presidency. I <laughs> lumped me into the States for a second there. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You just own your Canadianism. Yeah, I'm just that. like, I <laughs> don't know why. I, I did live in the States for a while, so I think I went back there for a second. Um, but yes, that really showed a light on what was already happening. It just brought it to the forefront, right? Yeah, exactly. All right, so um, something that you guys are really into right now could be a movie, a game, something that you just really like to do. Does anybody want to share something? Uh, my wife and I have been w- watching Dexter, which we didn't watch when it was originally <laughs> on. Okay. And I don't know. Like, I that that's just a total personal, like, I don't know what that says about yeah. me, but I think <laughs> it's just a fascinating, I, I love it. And it's just I was I was telling these guys you know the the night of the election um that Tuesday night here uh we we stopped watching the election and actually turned on Dexter and it made me feel better 
to watch this lovable serial killer. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, the guy's trying. Yeah. That's, That's hilarious. I, uh, I've been binging on, uh, on Netflix. Uh, it's got great audio description. It's called uh, Magic for Humans. And uh, I forget the uh, the mus- the magician's name. Oh but yeah, it's, uh, he's a fan. Yes, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, it's the audio description on it is brilliant, and it really allows you know so much of magic um, is is visual, um, and yet the way he does it and the way Netflix does the audio description, I actually get to participate. Which is why I'm really excited to talk to you today, Rebecca, regarding your inclusion art, um, because I, I, again, I'm super fascinated on how you bring stuff that's a lot of times visual into a a multi-sensory modality. Hmm. I think that's so cool. I'm going to have to watch that. I want to listen to it in the captions. That's cool. And I never thought about it like that. That's cool. Uh, so one more question and then we'll get started. Um, so something or art that has inspired you or something that you really love to create yourself or um, a really an art piece that really stuck with you. Is there anything like that you guys have? Um, for me, you know, COVID has been a really interesting time, right? Because I think it's because we're all stuck <laughs> at home. Yeah where we can't go out, I think it's actually given a lot of people an opportunity to consume a lot more different types of media and art and also allows us the space to be creative because, you know, we don't really get that quiet time to just be down. And so um, I've actually started really getting into digital illustration. So one of the things I, I treated myself to this year, well, basically when I cracked my, my five-year-old iPad screen, I went ahead and treated myself to a new iPad <laughs> And um, bought an iPad pencil and or an Apple pencil and uh, downloaded a $10 program called Procreate and uh, just started teaching myself digital illustration, like following YouTube videos and, you know, just taking tutorials. And it's been one of the most relaxing things I can do because it's one of the few things, you know, in a time when like my brain can't seem to stop, it's Mm -hmm. the one thing that I do that gets my brain to stop. And I can just focus on lines and colors and, and that's it. And it's, it's really quite relaxing. And um, especially if you put some like chilled cow beats, some like kind of lo-fi uh, hip hop beats in the background <laughs> while you're doing it, it's super relaxing. So I love it. Yeah, that's really nice. I uh, Digital art was the one thing that I have a hard time with. Like, I think, I mean, I definitely could do it because in my, what I like to teach is that you can do, you can create whatever you want. It's just whether you want to or not. So there's just never been a real drive to make digital art, but I have tried and I, it's not something that comes naturally to me. (laughs) I do really. I like the delete feature. I think that's (laughs) why regular art, like, you know, physical art is so intimidating for me is that you can't hit delete, you can't hit control Mm. Z, you can't undo. And I hit undo a lot. <laughs> and that's what I that's what I like about it. <laughs> that's what erasers are for. <laughs> <laughs> that takes more effort than a simple click. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. Cool. Yeah, no, I really love I, I admire digital art quite a bit, but it's not something that I maybe one day. I think that, that will be something I try one day. I do have a small little 
very cheap, not the nice Apple ones, but a cheap little digital pad that I tried out, but uh, we'll get to that one day. <laughs> All right, so let's get started. So maybe you guys could tell me a little bit about uh, your podcast and why you guys started it, maybe what you guys uh, do for work as well, and why you guys are here. Choose inclusion. Who wants to tell the story of the podcast? <laughs> You're really good at it. That's like one of your artistic, creative things. Like you, you're really good at telling that story. I think you're very <laughs> succinct with it, Nina. So I, I, I really do. I'm, I'm not passing the buck, but I really enjoy because you, you, you don't leave out the details uh, right. without rambling like uh, I do. <laughs> that's right. I am, I am good at the less rambling. I'm the least rambly of the three co-hosts. That's for sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, basically, uh, UB Mike and I, we've all worked in the diversity, equity, and inclusion space for many years now. Um, I had created a startup called Diversity that was focused on connecting uh, tech talent from underrepresented groups to companies that value inclusion. UB was a creator of a company called Breaking the Bias that was focused on training people around curiosity, empathy, and conscious communication. And Mike is the CEO, director, founder of the Blind Institute of Technology, which uh, focuses on um, connecting um, or do work workforce development with blind people and people with disabilities um, and connecting them to jobs at companies. And so um, all three of us come at it from a really different, unique angle. And uh, we met each other because of the work we do in Colorado. And we were out for drinks one day and we were just cracking each other up with the stories that we had to share about what it was like working with companies or people who just don't get it. And uh, it's important to make each other laugh because the work we're doing is really hard and it's a marathon, not a sprint. So getting that kind of comfort from each other while we were drinking and making each other laugh was really funny. And we were kind of like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if we did a podcast together? And it was a total joke. But then who knew next day, Google came out with a podcast creator program um, that would like basically help you like pay for and launch a podcast and teach you how to do it. And so we're like, oh, great, let's apply. So we applied for it, we didn't get in, but the application itself gave us the entire structure in which to create a podcast. So we came up with our name, choose inclusion. We came up with our tagline, what happens when a blind guy, a woman of color and a wannabe Latino get together to talk about how businesses can be more inclusive. Um, we figured out who our target audience was. We just built the entire structure. And then in um, the fall of 2019, we, we launched our first episode. And um, ever since, I think we've put together about 70 episodes in about a year and uh, invited guests from all different backgrounds, um, CEOs, professional athletes, um, artists, uh, activists, uh, people of all different kind of places, politicians. And, um, and it's just been a really cool experience because we've had the opportunity to meet a lot of people and really start redefining what does diversity, equity, and inclusion mean from so many different angles. Um, and obviously the three of us like to crack each other up and we kind of hoped that other people would enjoy it. And it turned out there were, there were people that wanted to listen to us. So we've ended up on two different lists of top DEI podcasts to listen to. Um, and it's been a lot of fun. That's amazing. Yeah, that's so, so cool. I didn't know that uh, that's how you guys started. That's cool. So um, why the name Choose Inclusion? That's a good one. And it's uh, 
Well, when you think of uh, the angles and the um, just just uh, what what it is independently we are aiming to do, uh, regardless of the focus, we are absolutely uh, committed to knowing that like uh, inclusion is an intentional kind of conversation and it's an intentional action. And so you need to choose inclusion. Diversity is mandatory in our global economy and our global way of doing things. But, uh, in, you know, being inclusive is something that's very intentional. So you have to choose inclusion. Yeah, exactly. That's that's a good point. I didn't think about it as a diversity is mandatory because it's exactly you can't <laughs> you can't change that. You have to choose inclusion. It is very intentional. It, it definitely is. Well, you have to, you know, I think our, our, our thing and, and really what our the our mission as far as like message to get across to our audience is is just that fact of if people people need to feel seen valued and heard they need to feel like they belong someplace you know that's why we love what you're doing because you you create a, a creative space for anyone no matter who they are what they look like what their creative skills are they they can come and feel like they are a part of that group so that diversity just naturally happens but but if you don't have a, a hospitable environment for them to exist as their authentic self then it, it doesn't work and that's what we're trying to help organizations see is um you've got to create that space first you've got to spend the time to create that inclusive space then you'll start to see more diverse talent want to be a part of that space yeah absolutely it's I love what you guys are doing because it's something that I've just, I, I, you don't see here. I, I don't know. It's Canada is, we, we like to, you know, we're very nice and it's almost a, almost a uh, disservice because we just, Oh, that's nice and polite. So we think that we're already doing these things, but we're not intentionally choosing inclusion. We're not intentionally doing these things. And we still need to be taught. Like every company that I've ever worked in has would have been benefited from something like this. And so I took it upon myself to really take uh, what I know, which is art and bringing these people together and giving them that safe place so that hopefully they can, uh, they continue and that inspires them to start being their authentic selves and choosing an inclusive space for themselves because they feel safe and they know that that's possible. I, I really like, I really like that. And what resonated when, when our pre-call with, with me, Rebecca and, and all the work that you're doing uh, here in Colorado, actually super fortunate that a, a pretty well-known tactile artist uh, lives uh, four minutes away from my house, just uh, coincidentally. So I didn't know that that's what she did. And she also, she turns children's books, uh, which have all the, um, oh, what do you call it when you uh, emboss? Is it, is it oh, embossing? Oh, yes, right. So you Yeah, emboss. so it's a texture. Yeah. Yeah, so she makes she makes sure that the pictures, like the visual two-dimensional pictures actually come alive in a multimodal way. And then, and then the words are also done both in, um, uh, in print and in Braille. So, and the, the, the idea is that whether it's a blind parent reading to a sighted 
child or the other way around, right? A, a blind child and a sighted parent, the, uh, the experience can be, again, it's, they're, they're able to experience it together. And, and so when I heard of what you're doing, um, I, I really do feel like, uh, unfor- unfortunately, uh, like I did not have some of the greatest experiences in school in general, because again, there was one way to teach. There was a very specific way to teach. And as a, as a blind child, I did not fit into I, I, the, the modality of teaching did not fit my ability to learn it. And so, so uh, topics like art and music and, and that sort of thing, because I couldn't read the sheet music. And so therefore I couldn't, couldn't join band and just little things like that. So I, I love what you're doing. I'm super inspired and I, I'd love to hear more of kind of, you know, so you, you, your experience working with, you know, um, whether it's neurodiverse or other um, disabled children, I, I just want to hear more of what you do because I, I love it. And I believe there needs to be more of it uh, universally. Yeah. Wow. I, I'm so sorry that you had to go through that. I was like, like heart, like broke when you said that. I just wanted to come and like give you some art and play some music. That's another part of, I, I'm very musical as well, but that's not part of my, my art classes. My art classes are more, as I say, visual, but um, I, I've been saying all along, I haven't had the the chance to work with uh, a blind individual yet, but uh, it's absolutely you're, you know, you're capable of it. You can feel it. You can create art that's, I mean, visual, even without seeing it. Right. And I love that, that, um, she's making books like that. So I need to get some of those because that's really amazing. And I, I'm very big on books, uh, especially kids books. So <laughs> I love that that is an experience that people can have now. Um, sorry, what was your question again? Well, honestly, Rebecca, it was just, it was just, I, I want to hear more of how you use like a, a multimodal modality approach to reaching, you know, so again, it's not you, obviously, if you're, whether it's neurodiverse, whether it's blind, whether it's deaf, it doesn't matter the capability, what it sounds like to me, though, you bring a very uh, adaptable approach of, of uh, teaching art. And yes, that's, and that's yes. what I want to hear about. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yes, adaptability. That's, that's my superpower, I think. (laughs) So I love being able to bring in an art piece that I'm teaching them almost exactly just like a regular art class. I'm like, here, this is what we're going to do today. Here are the materials. Um, this is how you do it, but there's so much freedom in what they can create. They can create whatever they want. Like if they don't want to do the project today, their only limitation is literally all that I have brought with myself. So if today was uh, acrylic painting and I have pencils and stuff, so they can, like, it's whatever I've brought and I'm there to support whatever needs they have and whatever they want to create. So I, and I can take that same lesson and bring it to different classes as well. So I've had a same uh, project for my preschoolers as my high schoolers before. So it's, it's about, it's taking the art isn't just, or making the art isn't 
supposed to be the same. I say we're not we're not photocopiers. Like they're not nobody's going to create the same thing, same project that I made anyway. So why not celebrate these differences and why not make them unique? That was a mic drop moment, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, did, did I do the mic drop? You did. You did. Mike didn't nice. even do it. Nice. No, usually it is Mike, but nope, this isn't our show. So it's, you, it's, all, it's all you. You get it. Yeah. Oh, cool. I feel but, privileged. Well, what it, what it sounds like to me, though, Rebecca, is that so there's um, that a movie, Apollo 13, with uh, Tom Hanks, uh, probably early 2000s, late 90s. Is, am I. Am I am I close to the right time frame, Ubaldo? I know. I think uh, so. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. So so Apollo 13, when that movie came out, and uh, uh, you know, it's after the Houston, we have a problem, and uh, they uh, at NASA, right? Whether it's uh, Kennedy Space Center or JPL, I forget where it was, but they they uh, take all these engineers into a room, and they're like, okay, here are the materials that we have. We need to we need to make something happen. So it sounds to me like your approach is very much like that. Like, okay, here, here, here's everything we have. Let's create. Yes, actually. So um, I forget what episode it was, but not too long ago, I did an episode uh, called Adaptability and it was Adaptability. And I literally, I, I was talking about the same thing. I was saying that that's exactly what it is. And it was more like, that is exactly the approach, but there's also things that just happen. Like one time I was doing an art, class not my own art classes another art class uh with another teacher and she forgot all the materials so all we had was my little box of our daily supplies so there was like pens and eraser erasers and stuff like that but we didn't have any anything else and so I was like okay that's okay like she's freaking out like oh my gosh we can't do the project and I'm like you know what there's no it's not it's not a big deal we have something so what are we going to do with this prod like what we have and there, there's, it's, it, we're still creating something where we can always make something from nothing really. Nothing really. Well, and, and honestly, I mean, you've all Nina, I mean, I, so we're, when we talk, you know, a lot of times in the, in the business sense, right. Uh, the, the, a lot of the vehicles that we discuss are uh, in and around business, but how, uh, how the intersectionality, um, uh, a word I'm getting more and more comfortable with. Thank you, Nina. Um, like it, so whether we're talking about creative environments outside in art, uh, that sort of thing, uh, big companies, small companies, actually, <laughs> they they need to foster more creativity. I think, uh, you know, the pandemic has, has proven for organizations who were not able to think uh, creatively how much they lost out on. And so therefore, this this willingness to not only you know embrace neurodivergence but also this this like okay here are the supplies we have let's let's foster an environment of creativity like that's that's to me uh, seems like a lesson that should be embraced um uh globally uh thoughts <laughs> yeah i mean exactly it's creativity if you don't have creativity then I mean, you're, you're stuck, I think, right? Especially with COVID, that was very apparent. Like the second COVID hit, I had to shut my cl classes down. So I was like, what am I going to do now? Well, let's make them online. So it was just like a quick and easy change in process for me because <clears throat> that's just 
what I was naturally doing anyway was just adapt, constantly adapting and changing and creatively thinking. Creat- creativity fosters so much. And it's not just, I think creativity is inclusion because we're constantly learning and seeing things in new ways. So there's so much room for empathy and so much room for just seeing different perspectives. It's easier because we're open to creativity. Well, I, I think, oh, go ahead, Nina. Sorry. No, I mean, I just, I love that that perspective on it. I think you're, you're totally right. I, I mean, when we, when we open ourselves, because it's so important, I think the more we open ourselves to be vulnerable and gracious with one another, then that's when these kinds of conversations can really get started. They're really hard conversations can get yeah. started about what does inclusion mean and, you know, how do we start really seeing things from other people, other people's perspectives and um, art can be such a powerful tool to get that going. Well, I think creativity in, you know, um, fostered in business gets us, gets us out of that, you know, group think or that, you know, that's, those stalemates um, when trying to come up with a new idea or a new product, you know, like there's not just one path to a a finished product or a service or a a role, right? Like we've got to be able to give people the opportunity to use their own creativity to come up with like just incredible solutions. And uh, that's why, yeah, I just, I love, I love, the work that you're doing, Rebecca, and, and that's the message we're trying to spread is like everybody has a, should have a chance to to bring their creativity to the table to to help solve a problem. Mm, yeah, creativity is um, is is innovation, right? If yeah. you don't have it's, yeah. if you don't have creativity, if you don't have that creative mindset, it doesn't have to be art exactly. It's just that's where my <laughs> that's my, where my my uh, zone of genius, I guess, is. But it's yeah. business and everything. Like I love business. That's I mean, I love growing my business, and I love that's part of my creativity too. And I, I just I think that that's a very important mindset to have because it's easier. You're already when you go in to creativity, the zone of creativity. You're practicing innovation you're practicing trying new things right so you're already in that practice so it's easy to translate into other things exactly yeah Mm. all right so sorry no i said i love it i love this conversation (laughs) (laughs) um so i was thinking maybe is there anything else that you guys wanted to end off with mike do you want to go for a mic drop of some sort (laughs) <laughs> all right i've been preparing this all morning okay <laughs> all right let's hear it <laughs> oh no i got nothing i, I yeah no i was like, you know. <laughs> I, yeah no it's i i uh no rebecca truly i i love the idea of um how inclusion needs to be a universally uh adopted um uh, mental space uh, whether it is in arts, uh, the classroom, uh, senior citizens, it, like inclusion and art and all that, like there's so much um, 
uh, adjacency thinking that that can be used from what you're doing and how you're doing it. I, I really do appreciate uh, this conversation because, uh, again, based on, you know, where I came from, I, I, I just I love it. And I just I don't think there's enough out there. And I, I hope um, I hope in 21 you actually find uh, your first, you know, blind visually because like, because we're everywhere. Uh, so yeah. uh, it's, easy, it's easy to find us. So I hope you do. And when you do, I hope you reach back out and let me know because uh, I think you will be an amazing inspiration to um, uh, to those folks as well. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me today. I was, I'm so excited that we got to do this crossover episode. It was really fun. Yes, thank you. This was awesome. Thank you, Rebecca. You yeah, balled on Nina as always. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thanks, everybody. All right, thanks. Thank you for joining me today. If you would like to become a certified inclusive community art instructor to make a radical impact in your community, please visit RebeccaJaneArt.ca. All of the links from this episode are in the show notes. If you love this episode, please leave a review on iTunes and be sure to follow me on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date on everything at Rebecca Jane Art. I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, happy creating.